Okay, Father Ryan, of course everyone is dying to know, so think back through all the Advents, all of them you've ever had. And what is the most memorable Advent casserole you spilled in your uncle's attic? <laughs> um, false. My uncle never had an attic. How about that? Well played. Thanks. Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. This is Tommy Dome, the Director of Evangelization, with Father Ryan Mann, the Administrator. We're going to talk Advent. Gee, I don't know. What is Advent? How do you do Advent? Why is it the way that it is? <laughs> so much waiting. So what would be the top candidates for Advent in one word? I would say that if you chose one word, I would probably say waiting would be the closest thing to how I see Advent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is waiting, oh, is it doing something or is it doing nothing? Well, it's interesting because it's, uh, it's certainly doing something to me when I have to wait, right? So like, when I'm at, uh, I was just saying this the other day, when I am in like a new traffic area, I'm driving like somewhere in an unfamiliar area and I get at a red light and the red light's going a little longer than I just for some reason think it should go. Mm -hmm. I automatically think, oh, it must be broken and I should just drive <laughs> whenever I want to. And then I'm like, well, wait. This can be ignored. Like, yeah, like this could be, I'm breaking a law. But like there's a certain amount of unconscious expectations on how long something should happen in my life. And then when I have to go beyond that and wait, what gets revealed is like, I should be in charge and dictate the universe on how things should go and when. And that's right there is what Advent's all about. It's meant to reveal this part of us that claims we're going to make things the way they should be rather than we're going to trust and suffer this time of uncomfortableness. And what we're trusting is that someone will make things right. And it's not me. Huh. Oh, that's a lot. We just jumped right into the thing. Well, I didn't know we were. No, no, it's good. I asked you wait. the question. We're good. <laughs> well, mean, we went from people. Time yeah. is money. People are listening to this podcast. <laughs> they got to do things. <laughs> wow. So Advent is the time before Christmas. Let's go back a little bit. Yeah, it's a couple weeks. Well, it depends, right? So this is this is unique about Advent. So Lent, set time. Right. So we come back from Easter, come back to Ash Wednesday, and then we get our set time of Lent. Easter. Boom. All right. Christmas, usually, right? Advent, it can kind of wiggle a little bit because uh, based on when Christ the King Sunday is and how many weeks between Christ the King and Christmas that year on the calendar. So Advent is pretty close to four weeks, but sometimes it's an abbreviated four weeks. Uh, so And sometimes it's like a full four weeks. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, totally full. So it all changes based on, well, you know, December 25th is always Christmas. And it's always the 25th of December. And Advent always starts on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So that's why it can flex with the duration there. Wow. Okay. It's also the beginning. What's the beginning? Advent is the beginning. Oh, of the new year. The church is new year. The church is new year. Yeah. So right. if people are listening to this, I guess we could say happy new year. Happy new year. This Advent, though, is different than other Advents. Yeah. In many ways, <laughs> I would say like... I feel like it's been Advent since March. 
Like we have a just lot of been, waiting. Yeah, just been waiting for this thing called COVID or the Rona or whatever you call it uh, to go away. And uh, it, it's just still here. And so there's certain ramifications of like just church life as we've seen, right? So some people listen to this, you haven't been to church yet because you're like, I, I'm high risk or I live with people, I'm around people who are high risk. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're staying home out of great like care for yourself or others. And so Advent's going to be really weird this year because you're not going to be a part of the life of the parish in the same way that you normally are. Hmm. Well, we'll get back to the waiting and how hard that is for us in a minute. But let's let's talk about this Advent this year. How are people going to be able to get the most out of Advent, receive spiritual fruits from it with this unique situation that we're in? Yeah, well, you know, every year the church has always given us these things called the devotions. So there's major ways of praying in the church. There's the liturgy, which are the sacraments, the public prayer. But then there's devotions, which like the rosary, the chaplet of divine mercy. But Advent always had its type of devotions as well. For example, like uh, an Advent wreath. It may be just something we've always grown up with. And all right, you get four candles, three are purple, one is pink, and you do it. You light it, and that's it, I guess. But really, if you if you get a chance to go online and say, like, how to pray an Advent wreath, put that in your favorite search engine, uh, you'll realize that each week has prayers, and you're meant to light it and pray as a family. So it's going to take on new importance this year, as that may be the main activity you do to connect with God and one another as a family, where in the years past that might have been like, well, we go to church on Sundays, we do a couple other things. Oh yeah, and the Advent wreath. The Advent wreath may take on a greater centrality in your life this year, which thanks be to God, you're bringing God more intentionally into your home. It's an opportunity as well as just a change. Just just listening to you talk right there, I thought about the candle and how the candle itself is such a symbol of waiting. Because candles burn Slowly. Slowly. But we light it with a match, which burns really <laughs> quickly. quickly. And a lot of folks, myself included, love matches <laughs> and play with them constantly. Just flick them, light them. You know, when you the flick light, when you light oh, you it and throw it. Motion? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's so good. <clears throat> Don't do that. If kids are listening at home, yeah, I, I am much more a match person. Than a, than a candle person. Like, I am more like a match than I am like a candle. Yeah, yeah. How is that challenge in Advent to burn more slowly and more intentionally and more more stably? <laughs> yeah, no, it's... I, I personally think in many ways Advent's harder than Lent, right? And this is why, is this sense of a, a decentering. When you have to wait, you're not the center of the world. You're not the center of the universe. And there's a stripping away. And at least in my life, a lot of things come to the surface when I'm waiting. And they're uncomfortable things normally. Fear, concern, past, future. Uh, and, And as I'm waiting, it's a form of suffering. And what I'm suffering is the fulfillment of the desire. Like I have a desire for something the light to turn green, <laughs> uh, a friend to text me back, um, the time to see my mom at home because I don't get to see her as much because she's older. So how to visit my mom? Like, I'm, when do I have time to do this? So I have a desire that's going unfulfilled. And so as that desire goes unfulfilled, it's growing and growing and it's bumping up against things in me. Like, is it going to happen? Am I going to give up on my longings? And that's the real battle in Advent is, 
will I stay trusting that God will give me good things? Is he really going to keep his promises? Yeah, exactly. Do we have a God who keeps his promises or do we have a God who like, it's like moving on to someone else? And Has he forgotten about me? Forgot, is this, oh, come on, There's a. it's a big world. I guess I'm not that important. And it's like, you know, like he's revealed you're his daughter and you're his son. Yeah, that waiting match to candle is a good example. We like to be a match because it's fancy. But the reason we like matches too is all within our control. I pick one out. I choose how it's going to light. I hold it. The candle, you can't speed up the burn of the candle. You just light it and look at it or smell it. Yeah, or, it's just, just doing its thing. Yeah, and it's just it's providing light, a little bit of warmth, and it just does its job. <laughs> yeah, and that's sure it. and true. Yeah, and you can be caused to doubt a candle, right? So the longer you look at it, you're like, is it actually even going down? Because I don't see much happening. Yeah, but and you, it, is it even is it if it's not even flickering, <laughs> and it's just there, and you're like, is it? Yes. Yeah. Is it a real one or one of those fake ones? Right. And then you give it some time and all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, it has burned. Something is being accomplished, but it almost was imperceptible when you were just obsessing over, is it happening now? When's it happening? Right. Yeah. It's like watching grass grow or- Paint dry. Water boil, whatever. (laughs) I like it. So what about you on a scale of one to 10? Are you good at doing Advent? Uh, No. Uh, No in the sense of- I would say Advent only has really become important to me last three or four years. My first year as a priest, I think it was, I saw how quickly Advent as a priest was going to get consumed by meetings and appointments. And I told everyone I'm taking no appointments during Advent. I did that my first year as a priest. And it was pretty easy. I was only ordained six months. No one really wanted to meet with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I thought I was being real heroic, but really I don't know that I even had to say no to that many people. Uh, but I at least was on to something. I knew that... I didn't protect my time for this season that God was giving me. I wouldn't receive the graces he wanted to give me. So there's certain graces he's giving in the time of Advent that he's not giving in January. And he's he's creating everything so that I could receive them and grow. But uh, I do have to play a part. I have to say yes. I have to respond. I have to be attentive. So it is really hard. One of the things that helps me is... Like the more I learn about the beauty of Advent and what it used to be and what it can be and um, the more I see that and really enter into the songs of Advent. I love the songs of Advent, the hymns that can really help me remember that. But this isn't just like, oh, let's get through this to get to the big deal. All right. Christmas is big. It's like. <laughs> we know it's coming. Let's just get there. Yeah. Like, come on. But no, it's like, oh, no, there's a lot of beauty here that I don't want to miss. You mentioned the word protecting, like you were protecting your time and your prayer time. And I think we can go that direction a little further because Christmas is when Jesus Christ was born. Advent is before that. So he is growing Mm. and living inside the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is protecting him and nourishing him. And St. Joseph is also doing the protecting as they are traveling, right? All those paintings and (laughs) thin wooden Christmas ornaments show St. Joseph walking beside the donkey or the camel or whatever it is. And the Blessed Virgin Mary is riding. So Mary, our mother, is giving us an example of what Advent's like. So there's protecting and there's nourishing. Let's talk about that nourishment. She was feeding the body of Christ Mm -hmm. with her own body. In distinction to Lent, where we have this sort of idea, we're going to take things away, we're going to make sacrifices, 
Advent, there's a way to look at it where let's add things in. Mm. Like when a mother is pregnant with her child, she is taking prenatal vitamins. She's like eating more. She's taking things in, adding things in to nourish the growing Lord inside of her. So what can our folks at home do to add things in? If Lent were taken away, or oftentimes we do, what are the things we can do we can add in during these couple weeks of Advent? Yeah. Like do a little extra. Right. I, I would, I, the first few that come to mind is I would add silence. Right. So silence is not the absence of noise and activity. Right? Silence is the condition to experience God. As one spiritual writer puts it, uh, you can't give someone a kiss if you're talking, right? So there can't be intimacy without like the precursor of silence. So add some silence. How and when? Maybe you, maybe you're driving to work. Do one direction in silence, either to work or from work. Drive in silence and just let your heart let go of the day or or let go of the stress and just be really just present to what you're seeing and noticing. Just create some silence while driving. You know, maybe you're at home and you're like, uh, I have a bunch of little kids and silence is not something that's even an option for me. Well, I bet you have a nap time. And most friends of mine who are like moms who are raising kids at home, guess what they do during nap time? They run around and fill it with cleaning, preparing for dinner. Laundry, dishes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I get it. There's so totally. much to do. But what if you just carved it in half and said, all right, I have 45 minutes while they're taking a nap. I'm going to take 15 and just be silent. All right. I'm just going to maybe. So silence is the first one. Second one I would say is scripture. You know, you can go online and get all the Advent readings, the scripture readings. The church has picked out the biblical readings that will maximize our uh, our receiving of God's vision for Advent. They've already done the work for us. They put them together in such a way that we will hear God's word and his plan for Advent uh, during the scripture reading. So say, hey, you know what? I'm going to read the scriptures for Advent every day. I'm going to spend five, time, five minutes a day and I'm going to read them or 10 minutes a day, whatever. And then the third one is you named it, uh, Tommy. It's a season of Mary and Joseph. It's typically and traditionally known as a Marian season. So Marian devotions, you, know, you can do a rosary or maybe look up, type in a litany of Mary and pray a litany of Mary every day or go on sacred art, Google image, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary and maybe look at different images of Mary and just see what how that speaks to you and reflect on it and look at, let beauty tutor you and draw you into God. But I would say silence, scripture and the Blessed Mother would be a good way to protect this time so it doesn't go wasted. Mm-hmm. Protect and nourish nourish mm-hmm. the Lord inside of us so that we can, like the Blessed Virgin Mary, give birth to Christ in the world. Wow, all right. To sum up where we've been already, Advent is a waiting, but it's a, a full waiting. It's not an empty waiting. It's a Pregnant waiting, if we want to stick with the Blessed Virgin Mary, pregnant on a donkey image. It's also a time to nourish and add things in. But really, what is the goal? It's all this Advent, so it's obviously pointing forward to something. Yeah, right. Yeah, It it points towards Christmas, right? And But Christmas, as we've been saying, isn't a day. And this one's something we need like a good like gut check. Do I relate to Christmas as a day? Uh, or do I relate to Christmas as a person? It's the birthday of Jesus. And so if it's about a person, it's about a relationship. And therefore, Advent is all about taking that stuff in me that's been revealed in my waiting and opening it up to the Lord. 
saying, Lord, could you speak to all of these places in me that I'm trying to maintain control over life? I'm afraid. I'm full of doubt, insecurities. It's about allowing him into those places during Advent so that when we celebrate his birthday, we know who we are celebrating. We know what it's like when he looks at us in prayer. We know what his voice sounds like when he speaks into our fears and concerns. We know how he treats our egos, not with power, but with forgiveness and mercy. And so we know him during that Advent time. We've gotten to know him. So on Christmas, we can really celebrate the goodness of God and not just a day, but a person and continue then for the rest of the Christmas season and onward. So yeah, Advent's all about taking that stuff that's revealed in the waiting and allowing God to speak into it and be with us there. So as we come to know him, we're ready to celebrate him. And some way, somehow, accept the gift anew. Hmm. I mean, the gift that you know you're getting. I mean, did you ever, you know, search or search around the house and like look for a hidden Christmas present oh, and yeah. find it? And then you have to pretend to be super surprised on Christmas morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's- I did that too. <laughs> I remember one one in particular. It was like a little handheld uh, game, like called Ninja Fighter. I think it was, or maybe it was actually Jordan versus Bird. Oh yeah, I the, remember that exact one. A Tiger Electronics. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah one double yeah. A battery in the back, and you just went to town. Yeah. Just the whole rest of the day, when the rest of the relatives are like, "Hey, Tommy, how are you? How's school?" I'm just like Jordan. <laughs> What is the most memorable Christmas gift you ever received, actually? Oh, yeah, that's easy. A G.I. Joe Command Center. Uh, I think I was like five, maybe six. And uh, I came downstairs, and it was so big, at least in my mind. It was so big, it couldn't be wrapped. So there was just like a bow on it. Whoa. And Like a Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like one. And uh, and I mean, I just tore into the thing right away. I just playing with it right away. and. Uh, I found out like later on, like a year, a couple years later, my older cousins who are like 10 years older than me, 15 years older than me, they were up to like 4 a.m. putting that thing together because they couldn't find like the, all oh. the instructions. And it took them all night. That's so, that's nice yeah. to put it together for you. Yeah. So, like, so I could, it was so ready to go. There I am at like, you know, 6 a.m. as a kid wanted to do Christmas gifts. And they are so tired because they've only slept for a few hours because <laughs> of my stupid G.I. Joe Command Center. Uh, but yeah, it was so exciting. So, so back to the uh, trying to find gifts before they're given. Oh, we, yeah. we, we know Christmas is coming. Mm-hmm. And how do you experience it anew when you know it's coming? You've been through this before. It's like, yes, I get it. How do you get that excitement again? Yeah, I think it, a lot of it comes from like, how do spouses stay in love? You know, there's, there's a choosing to be more vulnerable, choosing to ask deeper questions, uh, choosing to be like all the more intentional about the re- nourishing the relationship. And then once in a while, something just pops out. You're at a party and you just look and you're like, gosh, my bride is beautiful. Or like like the way he takes care of something around the house, You just that all of a sudden that one day your heart is moved with gratitude. Like, man, if I didn't have him, what would I do? Or if I didn't have her, coming home would be like just the worst. <laughs> and so the those moments of epiphanies only come about when you're staying engaged, when you're staying, sharing your life, listening to the other, having meaningful conversations. Then you have these beautiful little gifts in marriage that come at different times. Same thing with God. The more we are engaged in the Advent season of noticing what's coming up for us in the waiting and sharing it with God, boy, the more we're primed to really celebrate Christmas. 
I was thinking the same thing about about anniversaries. How do you make that day special year after year after year? It's like if you out there have been good at anniversaries in your marriage, if you are married, then maybe you could take some tips from how you did that well or how your spouse did it well and try and learn from that, inject some of those tips into Christmas. All right, well, we have a different Christmas schedule here at St. Basil the Great this year. Some exciting things where you're still able to offer in spite of everything. So what are we doing during Advent on Tuesdays, Saturdays? Yeah, so let me just kind of zoom out for a second, right? Everyone knows the COVID thing, so we have to adjust and do the best we can. But myself, Father John, and the whole staff, we wanted to make sure that we were giving you opportunities to still encounter God. So Monday nights, every Monday in Advent, except for December 7th, we are doing evening prayer. So as you know, Nancy and Steph, they're great musicians. They're bringing in other musicians, and they're going to offer evening prayer at 7 p.m. in the church on Monday evenings, except December 7th. And then on Tuesdays, Father John and I are going to be exposing the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist, at 6.30 p.m., and that's going to go till 7.30 p.m., and both of us are going to hear confessions during that time. So there'll be two confessors on every Tuesday with the Blessed Sacrament uh, exposed. And on Saturday— What's the point of that? Uh, the point of confession? The, or point the point of the Blessed Sacrament exposed. So it's called adoration, right? And what we do is we're able to contemplate the mystery of the Eucharist. So when the Eucharist is exposed, we can see our God. And we contemplate our God of the universe became so small out of love so that our littleness doesn't have to be hidden. We can bring him the small parts of needs and desires and fears. It's a time of contemplating the mystery of the Eucharist and also letting him uh, love us in that time to bring about in us our own conversion and intimacy. Yeah, Eucharistic adoration can be tough, just like Advent is tough. Mm-hmm. And you can be sitting there and wondering, is anything happening? Kind of like staring at a candle <laughs> that's just burning there. But yes, things are happening. And it is the gift that it is the gift of God Himself. What what possible gift could be better from God than the gift of Himself? So that is on Tuesday, Tuesday evenings during Advent. Absolutely. And then uh, Saturday is our normal confession time, 3.30 to 4.30. You'll have two priests, though, during this time during Advent. This is all because we can't offer a penance service like we normally do here at St. Basil's, I understand. Uh, due to COVID, we can't have everyone gathering together like that. So we're going to offer those uh, two times with two priests. So that's kind of the Advent schedule, really. We will have Mass for the Immaculate Conception. Although, just like everything right now, there's no obligation, but there is opportunity. So if you know you've been going to all sorts of grocery stores and restaurants and seeing friends, maybe just very gently might I say, you might want to come to God's house and it might be time to come back there as well. And so we will have a vigil mass as well as a weekday mass for the Immaculate Conception. And all of this stuff, Tommy, is going to be on our website. Every parishioner should be something. <laughs> Every parishioner should be getting something on the uh in their mail with a little pamphlet with all this information on there. The only thing that needs to be said is we had to cancel the live nativity. Everyone give Father John a hug. Or don't. I know it's COVID time. But whatever. <laughs> give him a hug. Uh, he's sad he can't see that camel. He's torn up. It's rough. He he almost stormed out of our staff meeting today <laughs> when he heard the news that the live nativity has to be canceled. Yeah, so. Well, in keeping with all we're trying to do for our parishioners here Let's try to clarify our Christmas schedule because it, it is different than in years past. It is, yeah. So once again, just keep praying for the staff and me as we try to navigate these things the best we can for all of you. But this year it's going to be, there'll be two 4 p.m. Christmas 
vigil masses, Christmas Eve masses. Happening at the same time. Just like every year, happening at the same time, one in the church, one in the Family Life Center. That will not be live streamed. Correct. But the 7 p.m. Correct. So this is a change. There'll be a 7 p.m. this year in the church. Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, that will be live streamed. And the overflow, because we only have so many people. So if a lot of people show up, the overflow, we're going to have you in the parish center. Watching watching the live stream. Watching the live stream. And then we'll take care of you when it comes time for Holy Communion. Exactly. We'll bring the Eucharist out to you. Also, we have a midnight mass. And when's the midnight mass, Father Ryan, here Uh, at the parish? At midnight. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. We're one of those parishes <laughs> that still has the Midnight Mass. Not even the Pope. At midnight. Doesn't have midnight anymore. You know that? I think I did know that. Yeah, yeah. at 10 p.m. In the Roman Missal, it actually just says Mass at night. But traditionally, it was at midnight. And so, we're keeping that tradition. Uh, keeping the tradition alive. All right. That Midnight Mass will not be live streamed. Correct. And then Christmas Day, in the morning, we have three Masses, 8, 10, and 12 noon. The 8 a.m. will be in the church, will not be live streamed. The 10 a.m. will be in the church and will be live streamed. And that overflow will again be in the parish center. And the noon, the 12 o'clock noon, will be in church and will be live streamed. And the overflow will again be in the parish center. So that is confusing. Yeah, but there you have it. If you're listening to this, you're like, that's just too much. Once again, we, we've sent out in your mail. You got, you got it there. Yeah. It's on our website. We're going to be announcing it on Sundays. It's going to be in the parish bulletin. We're going to continue to communicate this a hundred times so that you won't have any doubts when it comes to that time. But yeah. we just right now, people are like, let's talk about GI Joes again. This is too much, <laughs> too many times. Oh, real quick, Tommy, just so that everyone knows, we did also sadly have to cancel the Christmas dinner this year uh, due to keeping everyone safe. And the Christmas concert. And the Christmas concert. We have a link on our website to a bunch of Advent and Christmas resources that the diocesan website has. So our diocese, they have a team, and they put together a big bunch of resources. So you can get the most out of Advent, and we're going to link to that. So at the time of that you're hearing this, it will be there on our parish website. All right, before we get out of here, Father Ryan, any last comments of what people can do to nourish that relationship with God and with their family and friends during Advent. Yeah, maybe one last thought. So the goal is to be with Jesus, right? And he's in the scriptures, he's in our devotions, he's in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Uh, But he's also in those who are in need. He's also in those who uh, are sometimes forgotten and ignored by culture. And right now, I just want to say, like, there's parents slash grandparents age that have been home for a long time or in nursing homes for a long time now and have been without meaningful connection with their loved ones. And we're going to be super busy, right? We are always busy in this time of year. Culture has a way of creating so much noise in this time that we sometimes get dizzied. But uh, I just want to really ask that everyone makes an intentional effort to have meaningful phone calls or FaceTime or Skype or whatever you can safely with the elderly in your family. I was thinking this past week, you know, They've lived the history we read about. So depending on how old the elderly are in your family, right? Probably at the very least, right? They they know about a man on the moon. That's pretty amazing. That just wasn't history from they they that was happening live for them, right? They knew things like the Vietnam War, the social unrest and politics because of it, things like the sexual revolution. They they lived through these cultural changes that we only hear about. And so I want to ask that, especially young people. 
would you have conversations with your grandparents about these things? Say, hey, you know, I've always heard about like the man on the moon, or I always heard about Woodstock, or I always heard of Vietnam. What was it like for you in that time? What were you doing? Get to know them. They've been living the human experience a lot longer than us, and they have a lot of wealth to share. And this could be one of the best gifts we give in this time is our grandparents some time and attention. Most of the folks out there, I guess most personalities, we just won't share every story unless we're asked, mm -hmm. or sometimes a question will jog our memory. I know that in my family, myself and my sisters, we wrote questions and we interviewed my grandmother, and that's a treasure that we still have. And I know some of our parishioners have done that too, and it's just so easy now. You, you could just record it on your phone, yeah, e either audio or video as well. I did the same thing with my grandfather and grandmother and just learning amazing. My grandfather was born in 1910, like all the things he had seen by the time I interviewed him and inventions and they didn't even have indoor plumbing. And he was a part of the inventing team that invented the even flow baby carriage with the visor so the sun doesn't burn the baby. He was a part of the inventing <laughs> team. Like, I didn't even know this. It's like, and he never told me. I had to literally sit down and quote unquote interview him mm -hmm. in order to learn the stories. And it was just rich. It was really, it made me very proud of my family in a great way. Yeah. Let's head out with an Advent prayer. Sure. Okay. And just in an Advent theme, we'll wait. We'll wait for you to start. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, you have inspired us to sing the beautiful hymns of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, where you teach us to long for you, because when you return, life will be fully on display as good and beautiful. Give us a spirit to all the listeners right now, the Holy Spirit, to teach them how to enter deeply into the gift of Advent so that they may be ready for the overwhelming joy of Christmas. And through the intercession of St. Basil the Great, may God bless you all with peace and a very beautiful Advent, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you don't follow us on all our social media channels, we are putting out more and more content that is digital that you can just share with someone, that you can text someone, text them a link. And so we're investing in digital content to be able to share and spread the news so that we can become super spreaders of, <laughs> <laughs> of grace. The gospel. The gospel. Yes, 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 yes. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us. <laughs>